Shema Yisrael. Welcome to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries with Aaron Budgen. Aaron discovered Jesus is his Messiah while preparing to be a rabbi. He now teaches for several organizations and is the teaching pastor for Living God Ministries. Strongly distinguishing between the Old and New Covenants, Aaron presents the scriptures from a Judaic and historical frame of reference. Join Aaron now as he reveals the reality foreshadowed and the new life we can now experience because of what the Lord Jesus accomplished for us. I'm presenting a verse-by-verse study through the Gospel of John, and this is the 82nd program in this series. In this program, I'm in John chapter 14. Jesus was speaking with his disciples, having a conversation with them. And in the previous program, I was in verses 16 through 20, where it says, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. A little while longer, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me. Because I live, you will live also. At that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. And I was explaining these verses in the previous program. But what we can see in what Jesus says is that there are several things that he wants. There are several things that Jesus genuinely wants for us. For example, in verse 16, he says that he will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. He's referring to the Holy Spirit. He wants the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, to abide with us forever. This is something that our God genuinely wants for us. He wants the Spirit of God, he wants his Spirit to abide with us forever. And this is what he was able to accomplish when he provided for the forgiveness of sins. When he provided for the forgiveness of sins for the world, there would be no sin that would justify or cause the Holy Spirit of God to depart from us ever again. He can abide with us forever because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross. Continuing into verse 17, Jesus explains that he does not just want the Spirit of God to abide with us forever, but he wants the Holy Spirit to be in us. Again in verse 17, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. The Spirit of God will be in us. And I explained in the previous program that this is what salvation is, and that this is something that Jesus genuinely wants. He wants the Holy Spirit to abide with us forever. He wants the Holy Spirit to be in us, and by default to be in us forever. Continuing into verse 18, he says, I will not leave you as orphans. He does not want to leave us As orphans, he wants us to be children of God forever, and he wants to be with us forever. These are things that we can see that he genuinely wants for us. Going to verse 19, he wants us 
to see him. In verse 19, a little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. He says that the world is not going to see him anymore, but he wants us to see him when the world does not see him. The only way this is going to happen is if we see him in our spirit, in our soul, in our being. That is how we are going to be able to see him when others cannot see him. And our soul, our spirit will be alive because the living God will be within us. So we will see him. We will be able to see him because we are made alive, because we have his spirit dwelling within us. And this is a way that we will be distinct from the world. So this is what he wants. He wants people to see him, but he doesn't want everyone to see him. He only wants those who want to see him to see him. Those who do not want to see him, they're not going to see him. And so those who want to see him will be saved because they will respond to the gospel. And those who reject the gospel are those who simply don't want to see him, and they won't. He also says in verse 19, Because I live, you will live also. He says that he wants us to live. He wants us to be alive. Jesus will be resurrected from the dead. He is speaking about what is going to happen. He is going to be resurrected from the dead. And because he will live eternally, because he will overcome physical death in the way that he does, he will live eternally. And because he is alive forever, so we also will be alive forever. The Holy Spirit will dwell within us forever because of what he did. And what he did was an eternal act. It was an everlasting decision. It is an everlasting covenant that we will surrender to, that we will enter into. And through the new covenant and through the restoration of the Holy Spirit, through the giving of the Holy Spirit back to humanity that was lost in Adam and Eve, we will be made alive. And this is what he wants. He wants us to be alive. He wants us to see him. He wants us to abide with him forever. These are things that he wants. But the only way that this is going to work is if we want that too. And those who don't want this, they're not going to get it. That will not be the relationship that he has with them. And so Jesus does explain to his disciples things that he wants, things that he desires, things that are going to happen in the future. And of course, in the meantime, in verse 15, if you love me, Keep my commandments, which is the covenant that is in effect right now. Through them trying to keep his commandments, they will discover, they will acknowledge that they obviously do not love him. And this is important to see and to understand and to recognize that we will never love him according to this criteria. That if we are ever going to love him, it's going to have to happen in a different way. And this is what God accomplishes through the new covenant. He will love us first. He will initiate. He will give his love to us as it is expressed through forgiveness. 
It is very popular for people to believe that the love of God is expressed by him giving us his commandments, that that is the way that he loves us. He gives us the commandments. He's loving enough to tell us what is good and evil. He's loving enough to tell us what we are to do. He's loving enough to explain to us what we shouldn't be doing. And that is how he loves us. That is what a lot of people believe. And there is certainly some truth to that. But that is not what the new covenant is about. And that is not the love that he expresses towards us through what he did through the Lord Jesus, through forgiveness, through giving a new covenant. That is a different kind of love. It is an eternal love. It is not a conditional love as is expressed through the giving of the commandments. It is an unconditional love that he does on our behalf. No conditions. He solves the sin problem and that's it. That's the end. No conditions attached to that whatsoever. And for those who are willing to receive the forgiveness that he has for them, to acknowledge that this is valid, that this is necessary, that this is true, who will live in the reality of this fact, for those who genuinely want to see him, who want to know him, who want to be with him forever, who wants him to be with them forever, he has made a provision for that. That is the giving of the Holy Spirit. And that's what he says will happen. It is going to happen. But in the meantime, you've got the Old Covenant. And so at the end of verse 20, he continues and he repeats what he says in verse 15. There's a lot of repetition here in John chapter 14 and John chapter 15. But with each repetition, he adds more details. He adds more information. He will add more for us to look at. And so going into verse 21... Jesus said, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. It's a repetition of verse 15, a description of what we've got right now. Right now, this is what we have. You've got his commandments. If you keep them, then you will be recognized as one who loves God. And if you don't, well, you're going to be recognized as someone who doesn't love God. But that's right now. Something else is going to happen very soon. And Jesus just told them what will happen soon. But for now, for right now, understand and get in touch with the reality that you really don't love God. You just don't. Continuing in verse 21, and he who loves me will be loved by my father. Well, if you're not keeping his commandments, then you obviously don't love him. So for right now, you are not going to be loved by the father. You're not going to be loved by the father right now. You will very soon because he will execute forgiveness and that will be a new beginning. But that's not here yet. Keep reading at the end of verse 21, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. All right, so he introduces repetition from what he explained at the beginning of this chapter. This is some additional repetition. He says that he will manifest himself to the person who loves him. And the person who loves him is the person 
who will keep his commandments. Obviously, no one is going to keep his commandments. So obviously, Jesus is going to manifest himself to no one. He will to a certain extent, but in comparison to what he really wants to show, it will be to no one. And this is consistent with what he said previously, with what he just said in the previous verses at the beginning of chapter 14. And I will look at those in just a moment. But going on into verse 22, Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Verse 23, Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the father who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. These are the things that he is saying to them while he is present. But when you continue into verse 25, you will see that there will be something else revealed to them. But while he is present with them, this is what he's saying. He's saying this because this is the covenant that is in effect. It is going to be in effect until he is no longer present. When he physically dies, he will no longer be present. And then there will be something different. But while he is present to them, he is explaining, look, there is a lot that I want you to see about me. There is a lot that I want you to know, a lot that I want to manifest and show you. But you're not going to get it. You can't get it. There's no way you're going to get it right now. Go back up to verse 7. In chapter 14, verse 7, If you had known me, you would have known my father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the father and it is sufficient for us. Verse 9, Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the father. So how can you say Show us the Father. Well, of course he could say that, because he doesn't see. They don't see. They don't know. So these are the transitions. At the beginning of chapter 14, Jesus says, Look, I want to show you who I am. And the disciples say, We don't see you. We don't understand you. We don't get it. Jesus said, If you want to get it, obey the commandments. Well, they're not going to do that. So Jesus explains, all right, well, I am going to do this. I'm going to pray for this, and this is what's going to happen next. The Holy Spirit will come to you. He will dwell within you. You will be made spiritually alive, and then you will be able to see me. Then I will manifest myself to you. Then you will understand who I am, and you will see the Father. Then you'll get it. But you're not going to get it right now. You're just not going to get it. We are in this transition between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. So this is the repetition. The repetition is Jesus wants to show himself to them. They explain that they just don't get it. Jesus says, you will get it, and then I will show myself to you. 
Then you will understand. And they said, yeah, but we still don't get it. And he says, that's right. And in the meantime, go ahead and obey the commandments so that you can be reminded, so that you can see and understand that there will have to be another covenant. There will have to be another way. And that is what he is doing. He is establishing that. He is putting that in place. It's coming. The new covenant is on its way. It's about to go into effect. So going back to verse 25, these things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Why would it be that the Holy Spirit would teach them all things? Because they don't get these things. They don't get it. They don't understand. They are not going to understand. They said that they don't understand. Jesus acknowledges they don't understand. But he still says these things anyway, in between telling them to keep the commandments. And so he says that the Holy Spirit will bring to remembrance and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. In other words, the Spirit of God will be within them and will remind them of the things that Jesus just said. The Spirit of God within them, when they are made spiritually alive, that's when there will be some repetition and the Holy Spirit will speak to them again. The Spirit of God will speak to them again and say, remember that this is what I said? Remember this? Now you can understand because now the Spirit of God is within them The Spirit of God has made them spiritually alive. And being spiritually alive, they can now see Him. They can now know Him. He can now manifest Himself to them in a way that He couldn't do it before. So this is something that's going to happen later. Jesus tells them, don't worry, it's coming. It's going to happen. I told you about this. You'll remember this later. But for now... Go ahead and stick with the commandments, but just remember that this is what's going to happen later. And when this happens, the Spirit of God will bring to your remembrance all of these things later. So only those who are born again by the Spirit of God and made into children of God will know these things, will understand these things, will see their God for who he is. Before that happens, our God will reveal to us just enough for us to respond to his invitation for salvation. He will give us just enough, and that's it. You're going to have to trust him. You're going to have to have faith. You're going to have to believe that he will reveal more to you after you are made spiritually alive, because he's not going to show you these things until after you surrender to the new covenant. Continuing into verse 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now this is a back reference, it's a repetition to what he said in the beginning of chapter 14. In John chapter 14 verse 1, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. 
In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. So then back in verse 27, it is repetition for what he said at the beginning of this chapter. It's repetition in the sense that this is peace. He is giving us peace because we can know, we can trust that we will have a place with him for eternity. That this is what he's going to do for us. We can believe that. We can trust that. And that will give us a sense of peace in this world while we are here in this world that the world cannot provide. He gives us peace not as the world gives. He gives us a different kind of peace so that our hearts will not be troubled. Again in verse 28, you have heard me say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said, I am going to the Father, for my Father is greater than I. He says in verse 28, If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said, I am going to the Father. He explains to them that they don't love him. If you did, you would rejoice. So clearly, you don't. Don't you get it? You don't. So obey the commandments. Come on, obey them. Then you will see that you don't love me because you don't keep the commandments. Then you will understand that you don't love me and you're not going to rejoice that I'm going away. This is not going to happen. He tells the disciples that they do not love him in verse 28. They do not. So they obviously do not keep his commandments. They should continue to try so that they will eventually see that they can't and so that they will accept the fact that they don't. They don't love him. Jesus knows this. He's okay with this. He understands this. Our God is going to have to love us in the midst of our condition, in the midst of our sinfulness, in the midst of the fact that we don't love him. He's going to have to love us first. He's going to have to initiate. And we will respond. Continuing into verse 29, And now I have told you before it comes, that when it does come to pass, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me, but that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, so I do. Arise, let us go from here. So his last words to his disciples before they left, before they departed from the place where they were having the last Passover or the last supper, his last words were, you don't love me. There is nothing more for me to say. I told you what's going to happen. You believe in me enough that the Holy Spirit will come to you and dwell within you, make you spiritually alive will bring to your remembrance these things that I have said, and then you will understand. Then you will know that I am in the Father, that the Father is in me, that you are in me, that I am in you, and therefore you also are in the Father. Then you will know. Then you will understand. You will remember 
that I said this, and then I will begin to manifest myself to you because obviously it has not worked out well so far. He has revealed to them that they don't get anything, they don't understand anything, they don't know him for who he is and how he wants them to know him. He has explained that, he has explained how this will be solved. There is nothing more to say. Let us go from here because war is upon the Lord Jesus. The world is coming to get him. This is the time. So the war is coming upon him. It is time for him to engage the world in the way that he will that will result in his crucifixion, resurrection, and he will provide salvation for the disciples and for the entire world. And I will continue with this in the next program. Thank you for listening. This is the 82nd program in the verse-by-verse study through the Gospel of John. In this program, I was in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verses 21 to 31, which is a section that is repetition of the previous verses. Jesus told his disciples a little bit more about who he genuinely is, that he is God manifested in the flesh, and he described this in the context of the Father in him and him in the Father. They did not understand what he was talking about. This, again, is repetition that he is going to send to them the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, who will then explain to them these things that he is saying to them now, and they will be able to understand more because they are in a condition of being spiritually dead. He explains to them that they do not love him. In verse 28, if you loved me, you would rejoice because I said I'm going to the Father. This is an additional detail that he gives in this repetition, that if they did love him, they would keep his commandments. Obviously, they don't keep his commandments. They don't love him. And he emphasizes it here in verse 28 when he tells them they don't love him. Everyone needs to come to this recognition, to have this acknowledgement that there really is something wrong with us and that we don't love our God. This gives our God a foundation to work with, something to build on, and it begins with his forgiveness and him giving to us his spirit so that we may be made alive and we might begin to know who he is. You've been listening to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries. You can hear all of our programs for free through our radio archive at livinggodministries.net. That is, livinggodministries.net. Do help us develop new radio programs and continue broadcasting on this and other radio stations. Send your contributions to Living God Ministries, P.O. Box 383-53, Colorado Springs, Colorado. 80937 or use the donation link on our website livinggodministries.net that is livinggodministries.net 